0: Welcome to Stepping Through the Old Testament. My name is Nigel Carson, and today is episode 5 Stepping Through Numbers. Numbers may seem like a strange title for a book, but it literally is a book of, need you ask, numbers. The title of each Hebrew scroll was always the first written words within it. So the initial title for the book of Numbers was simply, The Lord Said. When the Hebrew scriptures were later translated into Greek, the translators gave it a new title, arithmoi, from which we get the word arithmetic. In Latin, this word was translated as numeri, and in English, we know it as numbers, hence the title we use in our English Bible today. The book of Numbers begins with a census numbered in the Israelites at Sinai just one month after the tabernacle had been erected. A second census was taken later when they arrived at Moab prior prior to entering the land of Canaan, almost 40 years later. There were over 38 years between these two censuses, and in the meantime, a whole generation had perished in the wilderness. At that time, it was rare for people to reach the age of 60, but Moses was an exception and he lived to the age of 120. Unfortunately, Numbers is a sad book and two thirds of it need never have been written. It should only have taken 11 days for the Israelites to travel from Egypt to the Promised Land, but in all it took them 40 years or 14,600 days. They consistently complained, blamed God, rebelled, and refused to obey his word, and as a result God reached a tipping point and passing judgment he said that the present generation would never enter the promised land. So for the next 40 years they wandered around the desert in circles, simply killing time, until they all died off and a new generation was raised up ready to take the land. Unfortunately, most of the lessons we learn from Numbers are quite negative. They tell us how not to be the people of God. The Apostle Paul referred to the book of Numbers in 1 Corinthians 10 when he said, Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. And these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfilment of the ages has come. So to paraphrase Paul's words, Numbers records examples of Israel's rebellion and unbelief, and God inspired Moses to write them down as warnings for everyone who reads them, including us today. Let's consider the context in which Numbers was written. The journey from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea which was on the boundary of the Promised Land, takes 11 days on foot. However, the route taken by the Israelites turned away from Kadesh Barnea across to the mountains of Edom and finished up in Moab on the wrong side of the River Jordan. This journey took 40 years, not because it was long, but because God made the Israelites stay for protracted periods in each place until they grew old. And died off. But what happened that brought God's judgment down on the people? In Numbers chapters 13 and 14 these details are given. Moses had sent 12 spies to explore the land. When they returned they reported that indeed it was a good land flowing with milk and honey. But their report continued and included a further negative report about heavily fortified cities inhabitants the size of giants and that they looked like grasshoppers in their sight on hearing this bad report the people refused to enter the land even when god had already told them to do so two of the spies joshua and caleb were ready and willing to go in and possess it But the rest of the crowd wanted to stone Moses and Aaron, choose a new leader and return back to Egypt. At this point, God steps in and said that because Caleb and Joshua had believed him, he would indeed take them into the promised land. But for the rest, their bodies would fall in the wilderness over the next 40 years until they were all dead. Today so many Christians have been brought out of sin and yet have not enjoyed the blessings that God wants for them. They end up in a wilderness of disobedience and unbelief and have a miserable life. The Bible is a very honest book telling us about failures as well as great successes. And Numbers is a book that challenges us to take God at his word and press through no matter what the obstacles. Let's take a look at the content and structure of Numbers. Numbers is one of the five books written by Moses and is a mixture of legislation and narrative. It contains general laws as well as regulations governing rituals and religious ceremony. We're told that Moses kept a journal of their travels as well as records and accounts of the battles they engaged in. This record of the wars of the Lord begins from Numbers chapters 21 verse 10. We now turn to examine the leaders of the nation and see how they tried but also failed to live up to expectations. They all come from one family, two brothers and a sister, Moses, Aaron and Miriam. First let's take a look at their strengths. Moses is the dominant figure, and in many respects he was a prophet, a priest, and a king. While other prophets were given visions and dreams, Moses spoke directly and face to face with God in the tabernacle. He was even allowed to see part of God, and in Exodus 33 it tells us that Moses saw the back of God as he passed by. He also acted in the role of a priest, There are five occasions when he interceded with God on behalf of Israel and saved them from destruction. Moses was never called a king, and although he lived centuries before the monarchy was established, he did lead the armies into battle and ruled over them. He functioned as a king, but he never used this title. Perhaps one of the most notable things about Moses was that when he was criticised, badly treated or betrayed, he never tried to defend himself. In his relationship with God he always let Yahweh defend him, and his meekness became his source of strength. Aaron was Moses' brother. He was assigned to Moses as his spokesman when they had to face Pharaoh in Egypt. He too was a prophet, but he was also designated as a priest. In fact. The chief priest and the Aaronic priesthood was at the heart of Israel's worship and ritual throughout the centuries. Then there was Miriam. Miriam was Moses' and Aaron's sister. In Exodus chapter 2 we read that she stood guard and watched at a distance when as a baby Moses was put in a basket among the reeds of the Nile. Her quick thinking enabled Moses to be nursed and cared for by his mother when Pharaoh's daughter discovered him hidden on the river bank. As his big sister, Miriam would have been quite protective and even jealous over Moses. She too was known as a prophetess and she sang and danced with joy when the Egyptians were drowned in the sea. Her prophetic gift was expressed in song and it's recorded in Exodus chapter 15. In several references in the Old Testament, music and prophecy go hand in hand. Despite their strengths and gifts, however, each of these leaders failed in some way. So let's examine their weakness now. Miriam's problem seemed to be jealousy. She wanted honour for herself and she wanted to talk with God just as Moses did. In addition she was critical of his choice of wife and Numbers chapter 12 records the events that took place. Miriam's outburst against Moses was punished with leprosy and for seven days she was expelled outside the camp of Israel until she repented. The next to drop out of the leadership picture was Aaron. Once again His problem was jealousy and desire for honour. Both Aaron and Miriam were together in criticising Moses. Their excuse was that Moses had married a woman they did not approve of. Aaron died at Mount Hor, a little further on from Kadesh, where Miriam had previously died. It's interesting to note that soon after they expressed jealousy, desire for honour and criticism of Moses, that both Aaron and Miriam passed away. And both their deaths are recorded in the same chapter, Numbers 20. I think there's a lesson here for all of us to walk humbly before God. Even Moses had feelings. He became impatient with the people, having put up with them for 40 years in the wilderness and having to deal with over 2 million people who were always grumbling, complaining and having arguments. His big mistake came when he disobeyed God's instructions concerning the provision of water. Moses had earlier provided water for the people by striking the rock with his rod in Exodus chapter 17. On this second occasion, when they were again short of water, God told Moses not to strike the rock but just to speak to it a word would have been sufficient to release the water. But Moses was so impatient and so angry with the people that he did not listen to God carefully and he struck the rock twice. Because of his disobedience, God told Moses that he too would not put a foot in the Promised Land. Moses later died at Mount Nebo in the site of the Promised Land but was unable to enter into it. There were also a number of other individuals who let God down in the book of Numbers. The most outstanding was a man called Korah. In Numbers chapter 16, we find Korah leading a rebellion because he was angry that the priesthood should be exclusively the right of Aaron and his family. Others joined his rebellion And soon there were 250 gathered together, challenging the authority of Moses and the priesthood of Aaron. The rebels said that they could not believe that God had only chosen Moses and Aaron, and they were critical of their inability to lead the Israelites into the Promised Land. Then, with great drama, Moses told the people to keep away from all the rebels' tents. Numbers 1632 tells us how the earth beneath their tent suddenly opened its mouth and swallowed them up, their households and all those associated with Korah. Even their possessions were swallowed up. On top of that, fire came out from God's presence and burnt up the 250 men who were offering incense in defiance of Aaron's priestly authority. The next day. Israel gathered and accused Moses of killing these people. And at that point, God's cloud of glory suddenly moved against the assembly. A plague broke out among the people. Once again, Moses and Aaron interceded on behalf of Israel and sought atonement for them. Numbers 16 verses 48 to 50 says, He stood between the living and the dead and the plague stopped but 14,700 people died from the plague, in addition to those who had died because of Korah. Then Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance to the tent of meeting, for the plague had stopped. I think it's no coincidence that the number of people who died in the plague was actually quite similar to the total number of days that Israel wandered in the wilderness. Let's take a look at all the people that Moses led. The people as a whole were problematic and the book of Acts tells us that God endured their conduct for 40 years in the wilderness. The problem with the people was their grumbling. They grumbled about lack of water. They grumbled about having to eat plain food. In Numbers chapter 11, it says they grumbled because they could not have garlic onions, fish, cucumbers, melons, and leeks, as they had in Egypt. God heard their grumbling and responded by sending them quails to supplement their diet of manna. So many that Numbers 11.31 tells us that quail lay two cubits deep all around the camp, as far as a day's walk in any direction. Two cubits is approximately one metre deep and they were piled up within an estimated 12 square miles. The people went out to gather the quail, but while they were still eating the meat, God struck them with a severe plague because they had rejected him. Grumbling probably does more damage to the people of God than any other sin. The first particular occasion for failure was when they were told to send 12 spies one from each tribe to spy out the land and return to tell what the land was like. The spies spent 40 days travelling in the south around Hebron and then up in the far north. But the conclusion of the report was negative and Israel refused to enter the promised land due to fear and unbelief. They had spied out the land for 40 days so God said that for every day they had spied out the land they would spend one year in the wilderness and then there was the valley of scorpions the next time the people tested god came after a victory over the canaanite king of Arad, as recorded in numbers 21 once again the israelites grumbled against god returning to the theme of the poor diet and saying they would prefer to return to egypt this time god punished them by sending snakes so that many were bitten and died. Realising their sin, they asked Moses to intercede for them, and Moses set up a bronze snake on a pole on the top of the mountain overlooking the valley. If anyone was bitten by a snake, they could look up at the bronze snake and not die. All they needed was faith for their healing. The third and final crisis came when they got to the plains of Moab. Here they had achieved a number of victories along the way and wanted to use the main route through Edom. The request was denied and a battle ensued. God gave them victory over Edom and Moab but as they camped by the Jordan, Numbers 25 tells us that they began to engage in sexual immorality with the Moabite women and to worship the fertility and occult gods of the Moabites. As this was prohibited by God's law, most of the illicit sex took place outside the camp. But one man, Zimri, brought a girl to the very door of the tabernacle. Seeing this sinful act, a man named Phineas pinned the couple to the ground with a spear. Phineas, from the tribe of Levi, was then given a perpetual priesthood for himself and the Levite family. He was the only man to defend God's house against what was happening in God's sight. So what can we learn from Numbers today? Grumbling was also a big problem in the early church, just as it had been in Israel. When people grumble and complain, it's called a bitter root that can grow and cause trouble. In Hebrews 12.15, Paul says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. What does Numbers say about Jesus? Firstly, just as Israel went through the wilderness for 40 years, so Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness being tempted and tested too. But he succeeded where others had failed. Secondly, John 3.14 says As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Both Jesus and the bronze serpent were symbols of life, restoration and healing. Thirdly, perhaps the best known verse in Numbers is Numbers chapter 6 verse 24 where it says The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face toward you and give you peace this was the blessing that god gave aaron to speak over the people each time they set off from the camp on the next part of their journey this is the same christian blessing reflected in the letters of the new testament where we read grace and peace to you from god our father and the lord jesus christ and so As we finish stepping through Numbers, I too want to wish you God's grace and peace. In our next episode, we shall be stepping through the book of Deuteronomy. God bless.